Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira. And full disclosure, I have a particularly heinous crime that I will be outlining for you guys today. This is a crime about the Fritzel family. Joseph Fritzel, a previously convicted rapist, decided to kidnap his daughter and hold her hostage underground in a little bunker he built within his basement. He had her down there for 24 years. She birthed seven of his children and three were left downstairs in the basement with her. No windows, no fresh air, no sunlight for 24 years. Before I go any further, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast. I love true crime, and I love discussing true crime with a true crime community. So this is just a hobby of mine that I thoroughly love to do. With that being said, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a five-star review. I know honesty is always the best policy, so it doesn't have to be five stars, but please do leave me a review. And then also go on to my social media, Storytime Slayer. That's going to be story underscore time underscore slayer on Instagram. And you guys can also email me at storytimepods at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. Anyway... Without further ado, let's get started so that we can fully understand the relationship later between Elizabeth and her family. I want to start off with her dad, Joseph Fritzel, and kind of the backstory of him. So he was born in April of 1935. He was raised by his mother, Maria Fritzel, and his father, Joseph, abandoned the family when Joseph was only four. Wow, you guys know I love a man that gives his name to his child and then abandons the kid. Like, oh my gosh, Ed Kemper's dad did that too. According to an article in The Guardian, Joseph had mixed reviews of his mother and his childhood. So on one hand, he would sing praises and say wonderful things about his mom and that she was strict and a disciplinarian, but no more than she had to be like she did it out of love. And then on the other hand, he would complain about how she was not affectionate, didn't show love towards him or tell him that he loved her and how she would call him names and beat him severely sometimes leaving him bloody on the floor and humiliated. Not sure what really went on there. He did say that he grew up in the Nazi era, so he firmly believed in like control and discipline and things of that nature. So he got married in 1959. He was 21 and he married a woman named Rosemary. She was only 17 at the time. Shortly after they wed, his mother moved in and actually he began to take out revenge on his mother for, I guess, whatever type of feelings he had of resentment towards her. And he eventually told people that she died, but apparently he cemented in the attic window and locked her in her own attic for years until she actually died in 1980. I'm unsure exactly when she went into the attic because this was leaked information from what I assume is likely a confidential report from like a psychologist or something. But apparently it was for a really long time, like more than a decade, possibly even two decades. So he was always a psycho 
1967, eight years into his marriage with Rosemary, he broke into the home of a sleeping nurse where he raped her at knife point and threatened to kill her if she reported it. However, she did report it, good for her, and he went to prison for this crime. He was also named the suspect in an attempted rape of a 21-year-old woman and a suspect of being a flasher in an investigation all within the same year of him, you know, raping the sleeping nurse at knife point. So for the rape of the nurse, he only served a year of an 18-month sentence. I think it's so crazy that someone can do such a heinous crime and only serve a year. But anyway... During his prison sentence is actually when he devised the plan that he was going to hold his oldest daughter, Elizabeth, hostage as a sort of sex prisoner in his basement. So, by the way, the year that he was in prison, 1967, Elizabeth was only an infant. She was only like two years old when he was hatching up this plan. Despite his rape charges eight years into their marriage, Rosemary never left him. She waited on him to come home from prison, and he did come right home with to her open arms. Like, what the heck? Not really sure what life was like for them when Joseph came home and how he was as a father, but in 1977, when Elizabeth was 11, her dad started sexually abusing her. This continued until Elizabeth finished school at 15 and began taking a waitressing course. That is when she decided to run away. Clearly she did. She rebelled and ran away from rebelled. Clearly she rebelled and ran away from her sexually abusive father because of the abuse, I'm sure. But after 3 weeks she was found by authorities who took her back home to her dad. She finished her waitressing course and she actually had a job lined up in a nearby city. Unfortunately, she wouldn't be able to leave and start a new life away from her abusive and sexually deviant father when she turned 18. In 1982, her father had put in a building permit for a property extension with a basement. When inspectors came to see the extension, they approved it. What they did not know was that the cellar was significantly larger than they knew and Joseph had hidden the extension within walls. He then turned this hidden part of the cellar or basement into a prison cell. In it, he put a small kitchenette, restroom, two sleeping areas with two beds each. And by the way, this was all within 590 square feet. There were two entryways into this prison cell. A 1,100-pound door, which eventually became inoperable after years because it was so heavy and hadn't been maintenanced because he couldn't have anybody down there. But he also had a metal door that was reinforced with concrete on steel rails. Now, it was only three feet tall and two feet wide, though, and it was hidden behind a shelf in his workshop, which was down in the basement. And both doors had a coded entry. Apparently, he designed the basement so that you needed to go through several locked doors to get to this hidden little workshop area where the shelving was up concealing the doors. So, on August 28, 1984, Joseph had everything secured for his little prison chamber. All that was left was the final door in the basement that would seal it. 
when Elizabeth was 18 and about to move out to start her new job, her dad asked her to help him carry in a door to the basement. After Elizabeth held the door in place and it was secured, her dad used an ether-soaked towel to drug her. Ether is a colorless chemical and it's described to be pleasant smelling, but it's the gas that numbs people and leaves them unconscious. So once he knocked her out with this drug, he chained her up in this hidden prison chamber. When she disappeared, Elizabeth's mom, Rosemary, filed a missing persons report, but Joseph forced Elizabeth to write some bullshit note about running away and said that if they tried to find her, she would leave the country. Meanwhile, Joseph used this letter as proof his daughter had run away, and he actually spun it eventually that she joined some sort of sex cult. Um, I'm not sure it was necessary for him to turn this imaginary cult into a sex cult, but he was clearly obsessed with sex and a sexual deviant, so it doesn't surprise me. So for 24 years, he kept Elizabeth down there and supposedly nobody knew, like not even Rosemary, which I find so hard to believe that Rosemary had no idea or suspicion about Joseph and Elizabeth. He visited Elizabeth nearly every day and raped her. He said that he knew he was a rapist and that he was helping society by doing this to her and not anybody else. He claims that his crimes could have been much worse. He also tries to claim that he took care of his basement family, saying that he would bring them food and necessities. But I also found it so bizarre that a lot of the food he brought was long expired and seriously lacked nutritional value. So there was a washer bin, television, toilet, bed, fridge, and tiny cooktop, but there's no windows, no sun, no fresh air. The only pictures of the inside I can find is ones of like the corridor hallway, you know, and then the other is of the restroom area. And I will say this, it's really small. And for one, it looks really different because in Austria, things just look different than they do here in America. And this was a couple, you know, several years ago. So styles were different. And then for two, it's an extremely tiny prison chamber. But despite all of that, the restroom was really clean for such a small space. This surprised me because after a few years of being in the basement, Elizabeth was no longer alone down there. I say she wasn't alone because two years into her imprisonment, Elizabeth gave birth to a baby girl named Kirsten. Kirsten was born in the basement and she never left that basement. She never got to go outside. Not when Rosemary was gone from the house. I cannot stress that enough. They never got to go outside. They never got to go near a single window. No fresh air. No sunlight. Two years after Kirsten was born in 1990, she gave birth to a son named Stefan. And he too was kept in the basement with his mom and his sister. Then, like clockwork, two years later, Elizabeth gave birth to another child, baby Lisa. However, Lisa did not stay in the basement. At nine months old, Lisa was placed on the porch in a box on the stoop of the family home. This was May of 1999, and Joseph placed a note that he'd made Elizabeth write, claiming that she needed them to look after this baby that she'd had. And then the next year, Elizabeth gave birth to baby Monica. 
just like Joseph did with baby Lisa, he put baby Monica on the porch for Rosemary to find and look after. But instead of a letter this time, he actually recorded Elizabeth's voice and called Rosemary to play the recording. And the recording was asking Rosemary to look after this child as well. Dude, Rosemary was shook up about this. She was completely dumbfounded how Elizabeth knew their number because it was a new number and it was unlisted, which kind of makes me wonder if why she didn't press harder about her daughter. So two years after that, oh my gosh, it's like every two years. So two years after that, Elizabeth had twin boys. So, by the way, having children back-to-back can already deplete your body to an extent, but imagine having them back-to-back in a dungeon without windows, fresh air, medical care, nutritionally sound food, anything. I mean, this is crazy. So, in April of 1996 is when she actually had the twin boys, and one of them passed away after only three days. Apparently, Joseph took the body of the deceased infant who was named Michael and burned him in an incinerator. Their surviving twin, Alex, stayed in the basement until he was 15 months old. Then he was left on the porch for Rosemary to care for, just like she had the other two children. Years went by and Joseph had Elizabeth write a letter telling them of her most recent child she was going to be keeping. A baby boy named Felix. This letter was not fictional because Felix was born and he remained in the basement because Joseph said no way could Rosemary care for another kid. Felix was born in 2003, so he was the last child born to Elizabeth. Just so we're all on the same page, at this point, it's 2003, Elizabeth has been in the basement for 19 years. She's birthed seven children alone with her rapist father who was holding her and three of her other children hostage in a windowless dungeon that nobody knew about. Her eldest daughter was 15, Stefan was 13, and Felix was a newborn. Okay, so that's all in 2003. Five years go by, no more children are born, but nothing else changes until August of 2008 when Kirsten, Elizabeth's eldest daughter who lived in the basement with her became very, very ill and would not wake up. Elizabeth pressed and pressed that Kirsten had to go to a hospital because something was very, very wrong. So the further first time in 24 years, Elizabeth went upstairs with Joseph to help carry Kirsten. Of course, he had to force her to go back downstairs. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? How the hell is he supposed to explain this at the hospital, right? Like, who is this 19-year-old young woman? Why is she so sick? And where the hell did she come from? Joseph took Kristen to the hospital, which really surprised me. Oh, by the way, he took her in his Mercedes, an article said. And I was so shocked that he had a Mercedes for some reason. So anyway, he told the staff and everybody else that his daughter, Elizabeth, had dropped off the girl really sick and needing help. When the hospital pressed for more information, though, about the girl, Joseph insisted that he didn't know anything else. But the hospital pressed and pressed that they needed medical history from Elizabeth. 
Still, Joseph stuck to his story that she was dropped off and he had no idea where Elizabeth is because she is a member of some sex cult and only shows up to drop kids off on their porch. Doctors were understandably concerned and confused by Joseph's story. Plus, Kirsten was in extremely awful condition. She was extremely pale, extremely underweight. Her teeth were in awful condition from lack of dental care. She looked weak and sickly and her body was failing. They called the police who then made a public statement asking the public for any information regarding Elizabeth Fritzel and that they needed information vital to saving Kirsten's life. By the way, Elizabeth and her sons were locked in the basement watching these broadcasts. Can you imagine? Elizabeth begged and begged all week to come out. However, Joseph had a plan. He had a way out of all of this. He would act like Elizabeth finally came home with her two other children and they would all pretend that Elizabeth and her kids escaped from a cult. Okay, and then this way they could also all be together. Now, remember, Joseph and Rosemary had raised three of the children that Elizabeth birthed due to the rape from her father. So sometime during the week of April 19th, he actually let them out of the basement and they all said that they escaped a cult. This is a story that he told his wife and Elizabeth's other children, which Rosemary and him raised. This is also what he told the hospital staff and the police. Now, doctors and police were shocked, and they were also really suspicious. They were probably outraged at the obvious neglect. So they took Elizabeth into a room, and they actually threatened that they were going to charge her with child abuse and neglect of her daughter, who was on her deathbed, Kirsten, if she did not tell them everything that had been going on. Now, Elizabeth actually promised to tell the officers everything so long as she never, ever had to see her dad ever again. They agreed, and for hours, Elizabeth explained how her father kidnapped her, held her captive, raped her thousands of times, over 3,000 times, impregnated her, had her deliver seven children in the basement alone, and when asked why they never escaped remember there is no windows or external structure with a weak spot that they could try to escape from they're in an underground hidden cell also joseph had doors that required a code from the outside and he even told them that the doors were rigged so if they messed with them they would be shocked and the shock would be powerful enough to kill them This was not true, but it actually worked. It kept them from ever trying to get out. Not that they really probably could have. Joseph was able to easily conceal this hidden cell in the basement because he said that the basement was sort of his domain. Like, he used the excuse of having private business files down there that he didn't want people to have access to as a reason for sort of keeping people out. And, you know, he painted it as what we would probably reference to as a man cave here in America, like his own little space. Sunday, April 27th, Joseph Fritzel was arrested for the suspicion of incest and abduction. He gave up the code to his hidden prison in the basement, and Elizabeth's upstairs children and downstairs children actually met for the first time, and Elizabeth was reunited with her mother, Rosemary. 
their relationships were obviously very, very complicated. So for one, Elizabeth had three children that lived upstairs in regular lives, and they thought that their mom had abandoned them. Plus, Elizabeth and her children had been totally deprived of socialization, health care, sunlight, fresh air, or anything. Their only connection to the outside world and what was going on in society was the television. Then there's also the issue that arose between Elizabeth and Rosemary. Elizabeth did not know about Joseph's previous rape charge until after she was released from the basement captivity for those 24 years, and it really weighed on her why her mom would have stayed with Joseph and put her own children at risk. She thinks her mom must have been aware of Joseph's sexual deviancy, and she probably should have pressed him more about Elizabeth's disappearance and tried harder to find Elizabeth. But how could Elizabeth not think and feel that she's been through a really traumatic experience and her mom's been living with her captor all these years. So the day after Joseph was arrested, he actually confessed to his crimes and a DNA test was performed on him and the six surviving children. The tests confirmed that Joseph was in fact the father. March of 2009, he pled guilty to incest, but not guilty to murder or enslavement. However, the second day, he changed his plea to guilty on all charges. So he finally agreed that he was guilty for murder and enslavement. And for this, he was sentenced to life in prison. Joseph has never shown any remorse for his actions. He did change his name after going to prison, and this was to shield his identity, I believe, but it ultimately didn't work out very well. He lives in a false reality. He acts like he was protecting Elizabeth, and he actually tried hard to take care of her. He claims that he took care of both his families. His lawyer explained on his behalf that he would take them gifts and celebrate holidays with them in the basement as well as even watch movies. But he also would beat Elizabeth in um, something he adamantly denies. He also forced her to role play and reenact very violent porn scenes that left her with long lasting physical injuries and psychological issues to work through. When Elizabeth and her children first came up from the basement, they needed a lot of time to adjust. Their eyes and bodies, first off, had to adjust just to bright light, period. They lived underground for years with no fresh air or sunlight and very nutritionally empty food, plus absolutely no health care. Also, Elizabeth's eldest son in the basement was hunched over and had really bad back problems because his height had exceeded the height of the ceilings, so he remained hunched over a majority of his life. They had extreme anxieties to noises and clearly needed counseling to prepare them for rejoining society. They stayed in a private institution for a while with round-the-clock help and care. The youngest son is said to have often sat outside and just brushed the grass, mesmerized. After a lot of help readjusting to life on the outside, they were given new identities and moved into a village. Many villagers are aware of who they are and they help maintain their anonymity, anonymity. but they are also liked and described to be really nice. 
From what I could find, it seems Elizabeth and all her children have even lived together at one point in time and done therapy to bring them all together. The transition sounded to have gone really well given the circumstances. And Elizabeth is said to have had some mixed feelings about her mother, though, because at one point her mom lived with them, too. But she ultimately made her move out and her mom lives in an apartment on her own. Elizabeth is reported to be in a fulfilling relationship with one of her bodyguards and love has helped her tremendously with her transition back into society. They've ultimately adjusted decently and they live a pretty quiet and private life now. Joseph never showed remorse for his actions. He did change his name after going to prison to shield his identity, but that really didn't work. Is this not the craziest story ever? I cannot imagine what truly provoked Joseph to do this other than just being evil and wanting to inflict this on someone to lock them in a dungeon he designed and do whatever he wanted with them. I sometimes wonder though, imagine if he had gotten hit by a car or died of a heart attack or something. Did no one really know that he had them down there? Do people like Joseph do these things truly in secret or do they find people like them where they get these ideas from? Anyway, guys, I told you this case is particularly heinous. Thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast. Watch your back, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.